Welcome to the Life Church Utah podcast. We pray that today's message is a blessing to you. For more information about Life Church, check us out at lifechurchutah.com. You can always give to Life Church by texting the word LCGIVE to 43506. Thank you, and now a message from one of our pastors. Hey, uh, just in case I forgot to say that my name is Marco. My last name is Polo. <laughs> just to relax. <laughs> okay. No, uh, hey guys, um, we're starting this new series called, and really, my name is Marco, but not Polo, okay? Uh, and we're starting this new series called Tough Talks, where uh, our idea here is to present some subjects that sometimes are hard, but they are very, very necessary to speak. And um, hopefully uh, you are ready to receive what God is going to present to you. Next week, Pastor Rich will be back and he will have somebody here in stage. He will do a type of interview thing. And you don't want to miss what is happening next Sunday. But today, uh, uh, it's my time to share. And I want to start with a personal story. Uh, A couple of years ago, not a couple, 20 years ago, actually, uh, <laughs> a long time. Something happened to my family, and it's very personal. Um, my mom, uh, she was diagnosed with cancer, so she went through this whole process, and in some point, they decide to put her in some medicine uh, because uh, to try it, okay? There was nothing else that they can do, so they, they decide to try this new medicine. And um, the medicine was costing for her to kind of like lose conscious. She was not able to speak. It was really, really tough. And in some uh, time in this uh, um, season taking the medicine, she was unable to even speak, you know, to communicate with us. So we were used to that. And um, the night, the last night that my mom was alive, I remember my brother and I, we were not there. It was my sister and my dad. And at some point she wake up and she had this kind of like uh, window where she was kind of like awake. And uh, everybody was surprised, obviously my mom and I mean my, my sister and my dad. So uh, they sit down and they start talking, remember, remembering things, you know, uh, having a good conversation. And at some point she came and she looked to my dad and she say a couple personal thanks to him, and she said sorry for the bad things in their marriage. And after that, she looked to my sister, and she said, hey, honey, I love you, and I want to ask you to watch over your brothers and your dad, especially your little brother, Marquito. (laughs) And uh, that was it. And obviously, uh, because she she was in this uh, stage in her life, my, my sister and my dad, not knowing that next day she was going to die, they were like, don't worry, mom, okay, you just rest. And after that, she was not able to come back. Um, she stopped speaking, and next day, like I said, she died. Which make me wonder, what will be that last thing, knowing, okay, if you knew that this is You have this window of time where you can share with somebody. To who will you share and what will you share? How will you use that last couple of 
minutes of your life. The reality is we spend so much time in things and, and, and we do our own things and we think that we have all the time of the world, but the truth is sometime it's too late. And we realize, man, I waste so much time in my phone when I should be talking to my daughter, when I should be talking to my wife. And yeah, sometimes it's too late because the marriage is over. Sometimes it's too late because the kids are out of the house. Sometimes it's too late because we don't have more time. We're not able to to say the things that we wanted. And again, we are starting this uh, series about tough talks, and we're going to try to present really hard subjects the next couple of weeks. And I think something that we don't want is to get to this point when it's too late. We're going to try to do it in the right time, in the right way, and, and we're going to try to have the right conversations because there are things that we need to talk. We need to talk things that maybe we are putting aside. And for that, the thing that I want to do today is to kick off this series, is starting with a conversation that a man had at the last minute. He knew that this was the last time, and that was the last opportunity. And I'm referring to the Apostle Paul. He wrote half of the New Testament. He was a man passionate about the gospel. At some point, he was a persecutor of the church. He killed so many people, so many Christians. But it's in this point when, where he knew that he was going to die. In fact, the tradition said that uh, that was the last letter that he wrote. And after that, he was decapitated. So... He knows this. He knows the situation that is going on. So he want to let the person that he's writing this letter, which is somebody that he loves so much, Timothy, that uh, they are things that are more important, and we need to be able to talk about it. And, and, and he don't want to waste time here. And when he is in this situation, he, he said things like, God has not given us a spirit of fear. Look, because uh, he's going to present a message which is really tough, really, it's, it's really hard. So we're going to make, he want to make sure that uh, Timothy understand that, hey, God has not given us a spirit of fear. Something else that he said is, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord. Other, version, uh, other versions said, do not be ashamed of the gospel. Do not be ashamed because you know what, you know, it's going to come the time when people will be afraid to talk about the gospel. So you, Timothy, do not be ashamed. Think about this phrase that he, he, he said, retain the standards of the sound word, of sound word. Retain, because he, he knows that if you move a little bit to the right or a little bit to the left, that can be dangerous. Ask any constructor or a carp carpenter, and they will tell you that maybe an eighth of an inch is bad, it's not okay, it's cricket. 
And that is the thing that he is presenting here. And these three phrases that I, 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 I'm showing you is just the first chapter. Because this letter is about to present a charge, a command. And it's, it's going to be uh, passing the baton to his disciples. So Paul wants to make sure that uh, Timothy understand what is going on and, and what is at stand here. So here's when we come to chapter 4. And for me, he, this is going to be the last word. He, here is where he's going to stamp the most important thing. And this is the part that I want us to take and to understand that maybe, and just maybe, this is for us today as well. So chapter 4, verse 1, it says, I solemnly charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is, the, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing in his kingdom. And uh, so many times we go over this first verse and we keep reading, but we don't understand that the words that he's saying are presenting uh, a very important thing here. This is very important. That is why he's putting God and the Lord Jesus as the witness. The same one who will come back one day, know as a man, know as a servant, but as a king. And he will judge the living and the dead. He is my witness. God and, and Christ Jesus are my witness. So, Timothy, I need to, you to understand that the things that I want to tell you right now are so important. It's not something that you can think like, okay, I'll see if I have time. I'll see if my job allowed me to. I'll see if I can put it in my schedule, in my calendar. No, 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 no. This, it's very, very, very important. So let's see what it is. Verse 2. Preach the word. Such a simple phrase, but has so much into it. If there is something that Paul wants Timothy to understand, it's like preaching the word is the most important thing. That is why I'm, I'm putting God, God as my witness. That is why I'm calling into the Lord Jesus to be my witness. Because you need to understand that preaching the word is important. Something that you and me need to understand is the urgency to preach has to be consistent in us. We waste so much time in things, so many opportunities, because we don't have the urgency. When our kids, uh, they, they get sick, we get the urgency. So we, we run and, 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 and we take them to the hospital if it's necessary because we feel the urgency. But when it comes to preaching the word, I don't have time. I, I, I don't know how to do it. And we find so many excuses why not to rather than find just one why we should. So, yeah, the urgency to preach has to be consistent. When I'm in the store, when I'm uh, in my neighborhood, when I'm with my family, when I'm with friends. And this is the part because 
And, and I put it this way, my willingness to serve open a door for others to listen. And think about this just for a minute. Because when I put myself in a situation where, you know, God, I know you can use me here. I know you can open the door here. He will do it. And people will listen. Our job is not convincing. Our job is to say yes when God tells us to go. I don't have to convince anybody. I just need to preach the word. And I need to do it with passion and with urgency. And again, so many times, over and over, we think reasons why we can't. Reasons why I should not do it. And we waste opportunity. So the door stayed closed. Verse 2 continued and said, Be ready in season and out of season. I mean, Paul experienced this in his own life. This man was crazy about preaching the word. One time, uh, uh, the scripture uh, tells the story when he found a, a rock. It says, to the unknown God. And this man looked that and said, hey, <laughs> I know that unknown God. Let me tell you about it. He was ready in season and out of season. He was ready to preach the word to the poor, to the middle class, to the rich, to the king's. To the enemy, he was ready every single time. And you know what is it's, it's the part that we need to understand that the point is not when, who, or how. The point is to be ready. To put ourselves in the situation, to stop complaining, to, to stop excusing why I can't, and put us in the situations that I need to be ready. So many times we waste opportunities because we think it's not the right moment. Or worse than that, we're not ready. But the thing that we need to understand is like maybe we are not ready for the things that we put in our mind and in our heart. The Holy Spirit, and I put it this way, this way the Holy Spirit will use the things I have placed in me. So when the Holy Spirit come and try to search in something in my hard drive, in my heart, looking there, Avengers, no, 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 that doesn't work. <laughs> Facebook, dang, there's nothing. Because we spend more time looking things in our phones than reading this scripture. Or maybe listening something or learning. So what the Holy Spirit will use if I, I excuse me what I'm going to say here. I didn't say it this way on the first service. But we put so much crap that the only thing that comes is crap. So yeah, what I've been putting in my heart. And if you don't know what to say, guess what you've been putting? Nothing. Nothing. But here is this man presenting this charge to this man. It's not only for him, it's for all of us. And it's telling, hey, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. And here is going to 
Explain more about this thing. Rebuke, he said. Re, uh, reprove, rebuke, exhort with great patience and instruction. And he's is trying to tell us how we can do this preaching thing. And, and I think it's telling us three ways that we need to be able to do it. The one is reprove. And, and this word has the idea of expose the things that are wrong. Okay? What this means is it's kind of like for you to understand for those who are parents will see this picture. When our kids are learning to write, we, we tell them, no, no, that is not the right way. You're doing it wrong. The A is like, and we show them. We, we correct the things that are wrong because if they keep doing it that way, they will mess up in the future. So we correct. Today's day we need to correct the things that are wrong we need to be willing to have those tough talks saying this is wrong you can feel however you want whatever you want to feel but that is wrong it's not okay living together having sex before marriage no no that is not okay Hey, Marco, we are in 2019. What what are you talking? No, no, it doesn't matter. We need to reprove. But at the same time, we need to rebuke, which is uh, this work rebuke has the, the idea of call the attention of the things that I already told you to do that was wrong, but you keep doing it. I need to rebuke you. So if I told you already or you knew that uh, I, Living in a, in, a, in a relationship before marriage, it was wrong, okay, for example, and you know that it's wrong, I need to rebuke you. I need to, hey, hey, stop it, okay, don't, stop. That is not okay. And you know what is the thing here? That there are so many people that, it's not that they don't understand, it's that they don't want to. They don't want to do it. They want to keep living the way that they feel it's okay. And you know what? People come, I feel like my marriage is, I need to, I need to go away. I, I, we need to divorce. We cannot keep together. I feel like I'm a woman in a man's body. I feel like uh, I need have different relationship because that make me happy. And we need to be willing to say, hey, okay, stop it. No more. That is not okay. And you know that is not okay. You know, it, it, deep inside of you, you know that is not okay. You know that it's not okay be cheating to your spouse. You know that it's not okay doing those things that you're doing with your friend. When you People come to us as a pastor and say, hey, pastor, it's, it's, it's okay for us to do, and you put the name. Like, do you want me to tell you? You know that it's wrong. That's why you are coming to me to justify your actions. So we need to rebuke. And, but at the same time, we need to be nice. We need to exhort. <laughs> I mean, there, think about this. This is, this is the beautiful thing about what Paul is saying. Because, yeah, you reprove, you rebuke. But at the same time, you hold them and say, God love you, man. He is with you. 
He is not giving you a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power. You, the Holy Spirit is in you. You need to encourage them. So he continues, verse 3, and this is the part where start getting really crazy. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. Think about that for a minute. Paul is pointing a point in time. It will come a time. Flash news. We are in those times. When people will not endure sound doctrine. When people will be like trying to do what is pleasing, what make them feel good. And you know, especially in this society today, because we live in a world that is telling us, I'm entitled to. I'm entitled to feel however I want. I'm entitled to do with my money whatever I want. I'm entitled to do with my time whatever I want. I'm entitled to feel as I want it. And I'm entitled to sleep who, whoever I want, whenever I want it. And, and, and you hear the, the people that should be an example, politicians telling us, hey, you're entitled with, with your body to do whatever you want. You can uh, do an abortion anytime. Feel free because you're entitled. We're empowering you. The society is telling us, hey, you cannot tell me my gender. You cannot come here and tell me who am I because I'm entitled to be a woman in a man's body. Oh, I'm telling you, these are very tough talks. So we are in a time, and the reality, my friends, is this. People don't want to hear God. And maybe you're sitting here and you're feeling uncomfortable. Great. Welcome to Life Church. <laughs> Nobody wants to leave a life where others are telling us how to live it. But this is the beginning, okay? Paul continued, verse 3. And he said, but wanting, these people, wanting to have their ears tickled. Think about that. They will accumulate for themselves teacher in accordance to their own desires and will turn away their ears from the truth and will turn aside to myth. I look that and I'm like, man, as he described, did he had a vision of 2019? Man, this is what's happening today. Maybe you're feeling, I'm not coming back to this place if they are talking about these things. Because I want ministers, I want pastors to tickle my ear. I want you to make me feel good. Hey, why you don't talk about prosperity? And if I give, God will bless me in abundance. And we, we, we have these ideas that God is like in heaven with that hat. 
you know, very stressed with, oh, who gave more? Ching, 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 This one, a thousand. I need to send them ten thousands. Look how stupid we are. But we want those telling us, yes, God wants to bless us. But when the blessings are not coming and when we get sick and death is in our family, where is this God of blessings? It's a fake God. And they are looking their own desires. See how selfish, how idolatry percent in the words of Paul. And I love the end there, turn aside to myth. A myth today will be like, you need to try before you marriage. You, you marry, you need to try. That is a myth. A myth is that I'm trapped. I, I'm a woman trapped in a man's body. That is a myth. It's a myth. And you know what is the sad part? That they are churches more concerned about the numbers than preaching the gospel. They are more concerned about tickling people, people's ear, making them feel good, and, and, and not offend anybody. Because yes, you are entitled to feel good, so we wanna make you feel good. And, and when this combined with there is people who care more about feeling good than obeying, because today, and maybe you're one of them, maybe you're watching, or maybe you turn it off. So if you watch it later. <laughs> and you don't want to hear this because you want people to make you feel good. I want you to make me feel good. I don't want, I don't want you be, being telling me how to behave. And remember, we need to reprove, rebuke, and sometimes we need to exhort. But maybe today is to just rebuke. And when this, this two get together, the words of Paul become true. And we realize that there's people looking for those tickling their ears. And teachers are, the only thing that they want to do is making you feel good. So this is the thing that I, I want you to understand. We need to be willing to change our carnal desire for a spiritual passion. We need to be willing to say no to those things that are deep in us, telling, oh, I, I want to be like that. I want to do this. I want to get divorced. I, I want to I, I start a relationship with that other person that I met in the office and not with my spouse here. We need to be willing to say no to those things and say yes to a spiritual passion. And sitting in a chair is not gonna start any fire. Coming once a week to church, do you think that it's gonna make a difference? Let me tell you something to make you feel bad. There are Muslims outside, they are more excited about what they believe than you. They have more passion on something that is not real than us that we believe in the only way, the truth, and the life. 
So listen to me, my friends. If we don't have the urgency to share, it's because we have conformed to the world. We have conformed to the status quo. We have conformed to feel good. To, we have conformed to not offend anybody. We have conformed with what the society is telling us. We have conformed. And because we have conformed, so we do what the world tells us and not what God and the scripture is telling us. So here's the question. Are we conforming to what makes us feel good? Hopefully that is sinking right there. Am I conforming to what makes me feel good? Because that is going to make a difference. Another question that we need to try to answer is, what is determining my principles? Are you allowing the world telling you how to lead? Are you allowing Facebook to put the standards, Republicans or Democrats to tell you what is right and what is wrong? What is determining your principles? Yeah, it's, it's, it's easy to come to church, sing a song, raise our hands, sit down, take notes for the message, and go home and live our life. But the real question is, what is the church doing? And I'm not referring to life church. I'm referring to you because you are the church. And A, if you're not Christian and, and, and you don't believe in this, this is not for you today. But if, if you call yourself a follower of Christ, and if you call yourself a person who is a, a, a devoted and a disciple of Christ, so what are you doing? Conforming or doing? Preaching or not? So I want you to think about this because this man, Paul, is presenting a message. Hey, I charge you, Timothy. In the presence of God and our Lord Jesus to preach the word in season and out of season. Because it will come that time when people will turn away to the truth and they will look for those who make them feel good. And here comes the part, but you. And this but is for you and for me. And here's going to create this transition or, 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 or this break to will confront us. But us, be sober in all things. Endure hardship. Do the work of evangelists. Fulfill your ministry. There's people like maybe trying to raise their hand saying, uh, how can I found out my ministry, Marco? Start serving. People here in church, they think their ministry is to warm the chair, huh? to be sitting there and making it warm for the next service. Can you believe that? So, hey, let's move 
and start serving. Maybe you need to be serving in the coffee area. Maybe you need to be serving in the doors. Maybe you need to be an usher. Maybe you need to start serving on the production team. You know how many people we need in kids' life? We need more people in kids' life. So you want to found, found out what is your ministry? Start serving. For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure has come. I have already done everything. And, and you know what? I don't have more time. I wish I could have more time. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the course. I have kept the faith in the future. There is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearance, their brothers and sisters. This is the promise. When we are not willing to stand on the principles of the world, but we stand up in God's principles that if we fight the fight the right way, we will receive our reward. And it's going to be amazing. You like party? Oh, I'm telling you, there's a party in heaven. I put my name on it. And just in case, we will have trouble and opposition. Jesus said, hey, whoever want to be my disciple, take your cross. It will be hard. Being Christian is not a game. But it doesn't compare with what is coming. Sometimes we are so focused on today that we can't see the end. There is a crown, a reward. What would it happen in your work if you start preaching the word? What would it happen in your family, in your neighborhood? What would it happen with that friend, with that family member if you stand on God's principle? We can make the difference. We pray that today's message is a blessing to you. For more information about Life Church, check us out at lifechurchutah.com.